choices. But God's going to do this new thing, but you're probably going to miss it. <laughs> because you expect God to work the way you see everything else work in the world around you. I mean, we could go back and we talk about the, the Jesus birth narrative, right? Like, we expect him to be born in a palace, and he's born in a, in a cave, a little room. We expect when he comes into Jerusalem at the end of his life, we expect him to come in riding like a, a conquering king on a horse, and he comes in on a donkey and takes the low road. He doesn't go to the palace, he goes to the cross. I mean, like, Jesus models a sacrificial, selfless way of living. We want empire, we want kingdom, we want God to reign and blow things up and start over and just take over the world. And Jesus goes, hmm, not how I work. You want to see what real love looks like? It's sacrifice, it's selfless. It lays down his life for the sake of the other. I mean, this is what God does, and we're like, well, but we, we, we find ourselves in Isaiah 42 a lot. We're the people who don't hear or see. And so I'm going to read these words from Isaiah chapter 43, and here's what Isaiah writes. He says, but now, in other words, you haven't heard, but now, <clears throat> this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right. So others may hear and say, it's true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. And my servant, servant, whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I, and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? God's mercy and Israel's unfaithfulness. This is what the Lord says, you Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick.
forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Again and again, all throughout the scriptures, we see these words, do not fear. Stop being afraid. When you think that you will be overrun, remember the Israelites fleeing from Egypt. Don't you know that empires will come and go? But my people, when you trust in me, what seems to be insurmountable odds is nothing. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. But you can't change it. You can't go back. You cannot go back to what's before. It's already over. You can't live there. But can you see that God wants to do a new thing? Behold, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. In a wasteland, in a place that looks like nothing good can happen, I'm going to bring something good that you never saw coming. The people had been longing for God to speak, to hear his voice. They had been expecting it, but they didn't expect it to come in the person of Jesus. And so maybe what if you and I, what if, what if we lived less in Isaiah 42 and more in Isaiah 43? We find ourselves hearing well and seeing with the eyes of Jesus. What if we begin to hear his voice? And so Jesus, God uses these words through the prophet Isaiah. He says, behold, in other words, uh, stand in awe and be amazed. What he's saying is this, like you, you thought you knew my love, but you had no idea the depth of my love. You thought you knew my grace, but you had no idea the depth of my grace. You thought you knew the good news of who I am, but you had no idea the depth of the good news of what I want to tell you about what I want to do and how much I love you. So I can't help but think maybe this passage could be for us today. See, we can't see and we can't hear what God is up to if we're not seeking after Jesus to hear his voice and to learn to see with his eyes. And we can't do that if we don't put time in. So it's the year 2020, right? Like, we all get that. I mean, I, I know Barbara Walter should have said... This is 2020. I, I know, I get all those things. Um, and I know if you're like me, you're like, that feels like it's way out there, 2020, because a long time ago, like the 19, some of you are like, I, I'm not even 20 yet. Good for you. Um, someday your hair is going gray too. Um, and so often I think of 2020 as like perfect vision. Um, it's not perfect. I read this this week from the um, American Optometric Association, and here's what they said um, when they talk about 2020 vision. Having 20-20 vision does not necessarily mean you have perfect vision. 20-20 vision only indicates the sharpness or clarity of vision at a distance. In other words, it doesn't mean you see perfectly. But you do see incredibly well. I don't see that well without my glasses. It's sure not 20-20. I need help. And so what if you and I... What if our challenge this year, what if we leaned into Jesus and we let him shape us and his words shape us so that we began to see differently. We began to hear differently. 
What if we begin to see Jesus at work where we never saw him at work? What if we begin to recognize that he wants to do a radical new thing in and among us? What if he's invited us to be such a unique people, a unique people radically defined by love? It's why he says, here's how they'll know you're my disciples, by the way you love one another, not by how you argue on social media. He says, here's how you'll know they're my disciples, by the way you love one another, not by the way you think your opinion matters more than everybody else's. Here's how they'll know you're my disciples. By the way, you love one another. And so I can't help but think that maybe, maybe God wants to say, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you perceive it? Do you see it? Do you have eyes to see what's new? And so today, I really am grateful for those who sacrificed in 1959 and 1960 to try something new. There was no guarantee it would work. There was no guarantee a building would last. There was no guarantee that people would stay. It was risk. And I had a vision for something for the lakeshore that you and I didn't have then because some of us weren't even alive yet. But, but I'm more thankful today for the restoration that God has done and is doing in my life. And I'm more thankful for the restoration I believe God wants to do in you and in us and in this community than I am even for that sacrifice in 1960. See, I long for all people, for all of us to encounter the living and loving God in a way that changes who we are. And so we've been talking this year about this, what is Vision 2030? And so I got to use my computer because I'm not super tech savvy. And so I apologize that I didn't know how to, some of you could ch- tell me sometime later how to do this, but most of us were on vacation this week, so I didn't have help. But So we're going to watch some stuff on the screen, and I'm looking here because anyway. But I can't help but think that maybe this is what we've talked about, this idea that God wants to bridge the gap from what is to what could be. And so we see this first slide, just the vision 2030. And so what happens if we begin to see clearly? And so then we see um, from what could be to what is. Now we're on the same page. See how that works? It's kind of cool. But here's what is. What what is is the reality of the world in which you live. But what could be? What would happen if we begin to bridge the gap from what is to what could be in all kinds of life? And so we're really going to talk about kind of three areas of that. The first one is spiritually. And so we have these cards available. And actually next week we'll talk a lot more about this. Um, I'm just going to briefly talk about today because I don't. If I'm doing it next week, you won't come back if I do it a lot now. Um, but here's the reality. We, we think that their spiritual formation happens both personally and in community. This being community, personally being you, right? And so we think that, that for us to bridge the gap from what is to what could be, there's some things we do. And so this, this is not all-encompassing, but if you were to, to practice these things, you would find your life would radically change. And so we think worship matters. Worship is something we do in community. It's what we do on Sundays when we gather. It's what we do in our small groups. Worship literally, by the way, is what you do every single day, all day long. For some of us, that's not always great worship, if we're honest. Um, but so what if we decide to express gratitude daily to God in prayer or just in conversation? Uh, and so, so as a community of faith, what if you just came more regularly? If you just committed to be more consistent? And you found that in that rhythm of consistency, God began to shape you. Uh, to grow, we think it's intentional. So read and study the scripture. And in just about a month or so, we'll launch some new groups. And so join one. Choose to be a part. See what happens. Uh, serve. Uh, show kindness daily. Man, the world just desperately needs more kind people. <laughs> desperately. Um, serve with the church. And, and I say with instead of just in, because sometimes we serve through Kids Food Basket or the Salvation Army or uh, Habitat for Humanity. So we just say be a people of service. Give, be generous towards God, or towards God and others. 
Um, man, don't let your wallet be the thing that you have a stranglehold on. Be generous. Live generously with open hands. Share. Like this one I think is impactful, and I'll just briefly say this. Um, if you were to tell your story of your relationship with Jesus just six times in a year, and then you were to invite someone to be a part of what we try to do regularly here, just those two things, six times each. I didn't say 12, I said six. That's like every other month if you did this. Um, and all of us did this, all those who call this church home. Uh, just for quick math, there's about 500 people who regularly attend here. There's about 700 people who call this church home. If all 500 who regularly attend, if all 500 were to do this, that means in the next 10 years, so bridge the gap by 2030, that means 30,000 people would have been told about Jesus. That means 30,000 people would be invited to be a part of the community of faith. Like That's just simple math, by the way. And that's if you do it six times. If you did it 12, cool. The number's even higher. Um, bridge the gap generationally. So here's the thing. We think um, that the reality is that we are multi-generational. Uh, and that's a good thing. And it matters in that. But we say that we have to grow younger even while we don't try. We'll get older. Because here's the deal. Uh, last I checked, all of us get older or we die. That's how that works. And there's nothing you can do about that. Um, like I said, you get older or you die. And so we need to try to grow younger. It means we need to try to reach younger people. It means we need to think younger because people just get, we get older and they get, and new people come when they're younger than us. That's how this works. Um, but we have to try, try to figure out how to connect with young families. Um, there are some generational gaps that exist. We'll be talking more about that. And we will in the next couple weeks. Um, one thing is we have to figure out how to become more multi-ethnic. Um, see, my kid's generation is going to notice the absence of diversity, not that diversity exists. That's a problem in the church because it really is the most segregated day in America. It's not a good thing. And so for some of us, if we're honest, there might be some racism we need to work through. Uh, there might be some other things we need to work through and recognize God calls us to love all people from all places in all circumstances. And so we should think about that. Um, we have to figure out how to create space for young leaders. Some of us hold on to leadership for long periods of time. And the idea of handing off is scary. And it is scary, by the way. Because um, I've met young people, and I know me, right? Some of you still think I'm pretty young, and so I get it. Um, I know what runs through my own head sometimes, let alone yours, right? I mean, so this is the reality of, of how do we raise up a next generation of leaders if, because the church, see the church in 1960, all those people who launched this church, uh, they're not here today, leading it, by the way. They're not. And you and I won't be here probably in 60 years. But how do we prepare the next generation, and how do we hand off things well? And if we're not intentional about it, it won't happen. Um, how do we reach more kids? We need more adults to serve. <laughs> right? Like one of the cool things in the last three years, I think we have doubled the number of kids who are here weekly. Um, that's a great thing. But we haven't doubled the number of adults working with those kids. Just saying. Um, and some of you, we don't want to work with kids because you don't like kids, and so we don't want you there either. But... Um, <laughs> Some of you do love kids, and some of you have some patience, so you probably should sign up. Um, if you don't like kids, I'm not talking to you. Um, we, want you we want to bridge the gap in justice and kindness. Uh, so here's, a, yeah, these words of Micah 6, 8, I think, resonate with us. Do justice, love, mercy, walk humbly with God. We need a community of faith that embraces those as a model for the way that we live and so we began to ask some of these questions. What's the greatest gap in our community that we should be involved in? Is it something to do with addiction? Is it suicide? What, what is it? In fact, we're doing a series um, starting the last week of January for four weeks called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. 
Um, and in that series, we have a couple counselors coming in, one to talk about just general mental health, one coming to talk about suicide prevention uh, and how to be aware of that. And there'll be a class actually on that Sunday afterward that you can all participate in that, that you're welcome to. Um, and we'll talk about, uh, we'll kind of book in that as well. But, but we recognize that there are some issues in our community and sometimes we're silent on issues we shouldn't be silent on. Sometimes we're loud on stuff we should keep our mouth shut, but that's a whole other conversation, not this. Uh, maybe that actually that's the next point, model charitable discourse. Let's learn how to have conversation, not yelling matches. Um, whether we're talking about politics or vaccination or social issues that cause division, we often talk about those things or rail on them on social media at the expense of our witness for the love of Jesus. Right, to the Christians in this room, um, I'm talking to you. Just because it's your opinion doesn't mean you need to share it. Me too. Let, let's make sure that it's winsome and with the right heart and that we're thinking about the big picture, not just about what we want to say. Um, how do we maximize our community involvement? I mean, are we involved in the Kids Food Basket? We recognize that. That's an organization we have partnered a lot with. In March, we're doing it. We'll be like one of the corporate sponsors. We're hoping we're not the only corporate sponsor of the church this year. Last year, we were the only one. I mean, it's like, ooh, pat ourselves on the back. Except, wouldn't it be great if every church was involved? Like you realize there's a waiting list of elementary schools in our community. Um, I, I found out it takes about $50,000 is the number to guarantee funding to launch a new program. And so I, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about maybe we should reach out to some other churches and say, hey, if we kick in some, will you guys kick in some? And maybe we can at least launch one more elementary school that needs this in our community. Um, like I mentioned, they're, they're, um, and, and it's not going to work out for them to come, but the, the Freeport school superintendent has been reaching out to ch churches. I've reached out to Oak Ridge and Orchard View and, and haven't really got much in the way of our partnership with them, but, but Fruitport Schools has said, hey, will you help us? And some of you are even volunteering right now as mentors for them because they know that one of the greatest obstacles for kids to overcome is adverse childhood environments and experiences, and you can be play a pivotal role in that by like one hour a week. It doesn't take a ton, but, but it has an incredible impact. Community projects, we have several going mission trip this summer. We're going to take at least three mission trips this decade. Um, they may all be the same place just so we go back. I, I don't know yet, but but some of you are already signed up. By the way, it's not too late. If you want to go, January 15th is our deadline, so let me know. And we'll, we'll take you to Costa Rica with us this summer. Um, but here's the reality of where this is. So um, here's a pie graph. And so this looks really sad when I look at this first one. Um, so what's needed? So there's some things we're trying to do as a church to invest in our community, both locally, um, globally through missions, as, as far as us going, and in terms of this facility and just a ministry project. And so we're trying to raise about $250,000. Maybe you noticed the little sign out there that says Bridge the Gap, and it has like a bunch of numbers, one to 700. By the way, those each represent a dollar amount. And so if you like, so I, I, I don't, I should look to what's open, but like let's say 632 is open right now and you give us $632 for Bridge the Gap, um, we will mark it on the sheet and that will get covered. Um, and by the way, um, I don't like talking about money. It's like my least favorite subject. The board tells me I should talk about it more, but I hate talking about it. So here's what I'll say. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus today, uh, that's the caveat, because if you're not, like, you do your money with what you want. But if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, the church has historically practiced a principle called tithing, and you give 10% of your income away. The first 10%, you just give it out the door as an act of faithfulness that God will provide. We unapologetically say that. In fact, we have a challenge here that if you, you say, hey, I'm going to try for the next 90 days, I'm going to embrace that and I'm going to tithe. If you do it for 90 days and you say, man, I, I just can't do this, we will write you a check back for that 90 days. No questions asked. So far, no one's actually asked for their money back who started tithing. It hasn't happened yet. I'm sure it will. 
And if it does, we'll, we'll write the check. We won't hesitate. You say 90 days because it's like it's like years we, we might not have it. But 90 days, we're good. We can, we can do that. But we also think sometimes God's, God prods in our hearts this idea that we're going to give to something greater and something beyond ourselves, And so that's what this is about. It's a bridge the gap is an offering. Recognizing that we can't do all that we want to do in our community that we believe God is leading us to. And so we're trying to raise $250,000 over the next three years. So we've raised $15,399 in four months. That's pretty good. Like it's not, that's not bad. Um, that rate will not be sufficient, but it's pretty good for now. And so here's the reality of where we are. Now I'm going to go to the next slide, which says here's what we raised in terms of phase one. This is a little more, like I, I like this one better because it looks better. But we've raised about 21% of what we need to raise for phase one. And you can see all the information out there in the foyer. There's a, a sheet if you have more questions. Um, but here's kind of what's happened so far. So here's what our, our building looked like this summer. Um, and so you can see the parking lot was cracked and white, gray. I'm not sure what color that is. Uh, some things. And, and you've maybe you've noticed, like, hey, you know, they haven't finished some stuff on the windowsills out here. It looks like we started painting. We did start painting, and then it snowed. Um, so we had to stop. So we'll finish that this spring as soon as we have like consistent warm weather. Uh, but the second building here is kind of the work in progress. Um, again, you see the family entrance here. And then um, you see kind of like we, we put windows back in. We took them out because they were old and drafty a long time ago. But then for those of our kids, it was kind of dark in that area. So we didn't feel like that was the best. And so our kids now have this. Uh, you can see there the parking lot's kind of been redone. Um, we, we're putting a new roof on the shed, or they did put a new roof on the shed. Um, you can see Rich on a ladder, which has been a common sight around here lately. Um, but you can see a current building and parking lot now is the picture. So we're not done. We're much, much closer. But that's where, like, some of you who've been giving to this project, that's where it's been going. Um, we think we want to take care of what we have and, and make it better, because if we're going to keep it, we need to make it better. And so that's kind of what this has been. Uh, you can see a picture of the main entrance, and so that's, that's mostly done now. Um, and then you see there's a, a new cross that's been placed outside and there's some new lighting that's been put in. Um, so kind of a cool story is the, the old cross was given in honor of a father-in-law, of Rich's father-in-law, and then Rich and Ray replaced that same cross. Um, it was getting kind of rusty and, and, and bent, and so they replaced it with a new one. So it's kind of a cool thing that uh, it's been redone in that way. Um, and then you see a new sign out front, uh, or just new inserts and then repainted. Um, but then, like, here's some kind of cool stuff. Because a lot of you don't ever go where kids are because we don't let you. Um, if you haven't passed a background check and aren't working there, we say no. And that sounds, I know, kind of harsh, but too bad. Um, but here's the 3K classroom. And if you're like me, you're like, 3K, the first time I heard it, I was like, what? What's 3K? It's three years to kindergarten. Okay, I'm with you now, right? Like, okay. Uh, so you can just see a couple pictures of this classroom. And, um, you know, that's kind of... Kind of is, but then there's you see on that back wall there's some truths that we want them to know, and one of them is that God made me, God loves me, uh, and Jesus wants to be my forever friend. There's just some simple things that we think if they learn those, it might change their life. Uh, then you see the Impact 231 classroom. Maybe you've noticed some of these kids on these. This is why I won't give up social media because I've been able to brag on these kids from Impact 231. Uh, 231's our area code, by the way, if you need help there. Um, but these kids are in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, and they've been serving our community, and so we renovated the space just for them. You can see there's there's two pictures of their classroom. Um, and so just thank you for those who did that. And you can see that I didn't get a second picture upstairs. We can keep going. Um, I didn't get a, a second picture of this room from the other side. It's my bad. Um, but just our students' room has been renovated in the youth room. Uh, and then you see the main room. They've, they've done some, some repainting and some stuff. Um, and so 
So we want to see, there's a wall out here that maybe you've noticed. It says Vision 2030, Bridge the Gap. Uh, and so that, that chart I showed you is on the left side. Um, the Bridge the Gap thing in the middle talks about empowering young leaders, equip families, invest across generations, and embrace diversity. Uh, and then there's, a, there's some things you can tear off. If you want to think, what's a simple act of kindness I can do? We literally have some you can tear off, and we can replace those anytime, by the way. If you've got additives of kindness you want to add up there, we're good with that, too. Um, and then here's a, a slide of what's next. Um, so in phase two of what we're hoping to do in this next three years is we recognize in our community, one of the, the call it a need or call it whatever you want, uh, we have a ton of single parent families in our community. We also have several foster families and we have some low income families. And so one of the things that we recognize is hard in our community is a lot of times uh, kids don't get to have like birthday parties or if they want to go to a place, mom and dad have to take out a loan uh, to pay to go to one of those things. And so one of our dreams has been, what if we were able to offer something to our community um, at a pretty discounted rate? It, it won't be free because we'll have to man it and some other stuff and we'll figure out the logistics of insurance and all those kind of things later. Don't, don't worry, we, we haven't not thought of that stuff. And this is just an image of a play area, but we were, were planning to build one in our own building. Um, we're gonna renovate the gym a little bit, make it work in there. And um, we think that there's a way for us to invest in our community and say, hey, we are for you. You matter to us. And so we want to help families in our community and say to, to young moms and dads, like, hey, if sometimes you need a break. <laughs> sometimes your kids need to burn off steam in the middle of winter and you don't have $25 to take them to jump in Jupiter. Okay, uh, we have an alternative that may be good for you. It's a way for us to build a bridge relationally in that. So that's a part of phase two that, that we're not quite ready for, but, but that's the reality. And so here's... Here's what I hope for at the end of this decade. At the end of this decade, my prayer is that our kids and grandkids say of us and of this church. It was incredible to watch the way God moved in the people of this church. It was incredible to see their generosity, their spiritual growth, their passion for Jesus and people. I want to live and love like them. Because i got to be honest with you, I, I'm, I've heard enough from even some of you in this room about what you saw the church as when you were growing up and you wanted nothing to do with it. And um, I get it. But if the church is its best self, she's the bride of Christ the way she's called to be, if we're living into that kind of space, like, oh, it's pretty cool. It's something I think our kids would long for. It's something worth giving your life to. It's something worth <laughs> opening your wallet for. It's something worth saying, like, I will give everything for this sake because I want to see God do this new thing in our community. And I want my kids and my grandkids to know the love of God in a way that changes everything. And so again, these words from Isaiah. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way. See, here's the reality. I, I think at the end of the day, for me and for all of us, that God desperately longs to make a way. He wants us to begin to see with his eyes and to hear with his ears. And it's why Jesus came to say, hey, listen, you've gotten it wrong sometimes. I mean, that's I, why Jesus says, you've heard it said, but I say to you. He's like, you got it wrong. Even in the scripture sometimes, you got it wrong. You didn't get me. So he says, here's who my father is. That's why I read, read the book of John. John's all about, hey, uh, Jesus kept saying, I'm in the father and the father is in me and I'm in him. And if you're in me, then you know him. 
But you can't say anything about him, you can't say about me. And here's who I am. And so Jesus comes to say, hey, listen, you've heard some wrong things, you've probably said some wrong things, you've seen some wrong things, but I want you to see and hear who I really am so you can know me as I am and know the depth of my love for you. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? Do you not hear it? I'm going to make a way where it seemed to me there was no way. For some of us in this room this year, maybe we need to go, man, the past needs to be the past. In 2020, like, here's the thing. Only a few times in our life do we get a chance to start a new decade. Seriously. If you live to be 100, you get 10. And maybe not even that many, depending on when your years fall, right? I mean, you get just a few times in your life to have a fresh start with a whole new decade. I mean, it's not even like a new year, it's a new decade. So what if this next 10 years is the best 10 years of your life? Some of us in this room, if we're honest, we're not going to make 10 years. I don't mean that flippantly or, or whatever. I just, odds are good. But what if whatever time I have left, if it's 10 years, if it's more than 10 years, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to make the most of every opportunity, as Paul writes. See, do you, do you not perceive it? He's doing a new thing. And here's the cool part, because Isaiah says, in the wastelands, in the places that like nothing good comes, in the garbage pits, in the desert, in barren ground, I will do a new thing where you never thought a new thing could happen. And what God says to us through his son is this. Like, here's what my kingdom is like. And everybody's welcome. And if you'll say Jesus is Lord, and we, we do this thing here once a month where we take communion. It's, a, it's, it's an old practice. It's an ancient, ancient practice. It's 2,000 years old. And we, we come and we take a piece of bread and we dip it in. It's called intention. We, we, we don't actually rip because some of you freaked out about that a little bit. But... You get some germ, germ issues. But, but you take a piece of bread, you dip it in a cup, and you eat it. And someone says to you, this is the body of Christ. This is the blood of Christ. This is in remembrance of who Jesus is and the love that he gives. This is who God is. He invites you to his table and he says, come. We, we in our tradition practice an open table so anybody can come. If you just say, Jesus is Lord, and I want to live my life for him. And maybe today you say, this is a new practice for me, that I need to say yes to him in every day. And so today I say yes by taking communion. And some of you in this room, like maybe I said something today that offended you. And you've got to kind of check your heart right now. And you've got to pray, God, I want to receive this in the right way. Then maybe do that. But here's what I want to say to you and to me this year. That what if, what if this is the year? What if this is the year that God says... Do you not perceive it? I'm doing a new thing. Do you want to be a part of it or not? So this morning as we take communion, this is the invitation to say, God, I believe you're doing a new thing, and I want to be a part of it. And whatever it looks like to bridge the gap from what is to what could be, I'm all in. Father, will you help us this morning as we prepare to take communion? As those who are helping come to help us with this today, we pray that you would take this, this, this meal, this symbolic meal that we take together, it represents your grace and your love and your hope to us that we'd recognize you invite us to your table as we are. That we may not be yet all that you have for us, but that you're helping us to become that today. And so as we sing this song, Come As You Are, it's a reminder that God doesn't say, get your life together and then come to know me. What God says is, come to know me and I'll help you get your life together. And for most of us, that distinction matters so much. So Father, we pray that you would help us to Hear your voice speak to us. That this year we would have new eyes to see and new ears to hear. 
In Isaiah's words, do you not perceive it? We go, yeah, we see and we hear it. And so thank you for your invitation to come to your table and to receive your grace. And so we pray all of this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So as you prepare to come, just follow the person in front of you. And, and you just take the, um, the bread and dip it in the cup. And the person will say to you, this is the body of Christ and this is the blood of Christ. And as we do this today, may we recognize that it's God's invitation to know him. That it's an invitation to come to the table. And so Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is my blood poured out for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Take and drink. And so may we today come to the table knowing God loves us and invites us to come to know him. May you come at this time. sadness from wherever you've been come broken hearted let rescue begin come find your mercy oh sinner come kneel earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal so lay down your burdens, lay down your shame. All who are broken, lift up your face. Oh, wanderer, come home, you're not too. no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that 
heaven gets here. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shoes. So here's the reality for us as we prepare to leave today is that we never leave the presence of God. There's no place that we go that he's not already there. And so as we leave this day, may we recognize that his grace and his peace goes with us wherever we go. May we recognize that he says to us, come as you are, but you don't have to stay that way. May we recognize this new year that the past can literally be the past. And we can perceive a new thing that God wants to do in and through us. Uh, so may 2020, may this decade, may this be the year that God does such a new thing in us that others go, I didn't perceive it, but now I see. So may you go in God's grace and peace and love this day.